every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. What's going on? It's Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What's going on? Where we check in with the other shows on the Zone Sports Network, DJ and PK and Hans and Scotty G. And then we get to, you know, snipe at what they say, which is nice. It's the advantage <laughs> of having the afternoon show, right, Gordon? <laughs> yeah, because by tomorrow it's long forgotten, right? Yeah, so we just, you know, hear what they say uh, live and, and then we just pick it apart. It's, it's really easy. <laughs> Oh, man, something tells me it's not forgotten, though, Jake. Oh, whatever. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Of course it's forgotten, Gordon. What are you talking about? I don't think it is. Uh, Steve Cleveland joined DJ and PK this morning, as he does every Monday morning. Coach Cleve is great, uh, certainly worth catching. Um, and uh, they talked to him about the uh, Dwayne Wade ownership uh, impact with the Utah Jazz. He's got celebrity. He's got star power. He's got cachet. Uh, that's an area for all the Jazz success that they might have been a little shorthanded in. It's exciting. He's a minority owner. How much does this really change the course of things, you think? Well, I think I think just the perception that uh, I, you, know, you all know a lot more about this, but I mean, just the things that I've read and heard that, uh, that Ryan Smith and he had a relationship and that he would consider being part of this and want to be part of it for and I don't know all of those reasons uh, but I think it's such a positive thing for the community um, you know I, I don't know how it's going to impact and what his role is going to be but it sounds like he wants it to, to be hands on and wants to be a part and, and the fact that he was there the other night with, with Ryan uh, bodes well I, I just think that you know the, the, the elephant in the closet is, you know, obviously in, in, in Salt Lake, which is a very diverse city, but it's always going to be something that, you know, they've had white owners there, Ryan Smith, you know, for an African-American man, well-respected, Hall of Famer, great person. Uh, they, you know, it's about relationships. It's about connections. And obviously he and Ryan have a relationship that he'd want to be a part of that because of the things he sees and the people that are in that organization. I, I think it's a, a big win for the Utah Jazz and I don't know Dwayne Wade personally, obviously, like a lot of folks, you watch him from from afar. But he seems to have great integrity. He, he's obviously got a, uh, a wealth of experience in this league and another voice and, a, and someone that Ryan can lean on. And, I'm, you know, they may have other minority investors I'm not aware of, but someone with that kind of uh, prestige and, uh, you know, really all of his experience in basketball, I can see nothing but good things coming from it. So you bring up about the relationships, and obviously those two, uh, Ryan Smith and Dwayne Wade, did have a relationship, and so that helped uh, probably was the most significant thing in sealing the deal and getting Dwayne Wade on. And I look at the first thing we heard of, oh, man, the Jazz are going to get all these premier free agents now because of Dwayne Wade. You know, and it's probably a little overblown. But the relationship aspect of it is extremely critical and i look at 
recruiting, whether it's a high school kid or junior college kid or a transfer portal kid to come to your school at the college level, there's probably a lot of similarities there between that and recruiting free agency uh, in, in the NBA is about relationships. And, and you went through this in a, in a difficult situation when you tried to recruit non-LDS guys to BYU. What did you do in terms of that to make sure that the party, not just the player, but the party was comfortable in getting their kid, whoever it might be, to commit to come to BYU that you think might be applicable as the Jazz go out to try to recruit people? Well, I I think you talked about it to start with. I mean, it's relationships and going into homes and meeting with parents and uh, coaches and, and the players themselves. Um, they have to be comfortable with you, and you have to be comfortable in those settings where, they, specifically at BYU, yes, where <clears throat> you know it, it, it's a school that had restrictions and there were things that had honor code and things you have to you know you have to talk about those things. How does an African American or Hispanic or a foreign player fit into Provo, Utah? Are they going to be respected and loved and taken in and embraced? Or is that going to be a situation? And so those are things, those relationships, those connections are really important. And uh, I know even in Fresno, when when we had all the sanctions and things, you know, why would they come here? <clears throat> and, and and you have to sell them on a lot of different things from playing time to the environment to teammates to coaches. And I, I think in a small way, when you can have someone come into your organization who has incredible credibility in the NBA. Ryan Smith has incredible credibility in the business world, and he's obviously an avid fan and has relationships with people. But him him coming there and having those relationships, I mean, it just brings credibility to what's going on. It's not that there was anything wrong or there didn't happen, but it just says to the world that it's okay to come to Utah. Here, Here is a superstar in the NBA who is, not only joining the organization, but buying into it. And he speaks on behalf of Ryan Smith and that entire organization as well. And that, that's what you do in college. You know, you, you, you talk about the coaching staff. You talk about the goals and dreams of the program. You talk about facilities, opportunities to play. Those are all things that happen. And once you do that and you start moving forward, other recruits, and I, I promise you that it does nothing but make a positive step forward for the Jazz in maybe securing a player. It's it's not a <clears throat> a, a done deal, but it's certainly not going to help hurt, and and I think it's going to help a great deal. That it's it's okay to come to Utah. That's a great city, good people, good teammates, amazing coaching staff, and just to hear it from another voice from someone that doesn't live in Utah, that's lived in Miami and has been an NBA superstar, I can't think of anything that does more for it. And so, you know, we tried to sell those things, and uh, but relationships and connections are really important, and so is trust. So is trust. And, you know, a lot of the NBA players aren't going to know who Ryan Smith is. Everybody knows Dwayne Wayne. And when Dwayne Wayne says, hey, this is a really good dude, He's honest. He's got great integrity. He loves the game. He's passionate. He wants to do special things here. That kind of endorsement, you know, Dwayne Wade all of a sudden becomes kind of a recruiter. 
for the Jazz. Man, I don't know if he'll have any role in anything dealing with the team or the organization. I don't know what his role will be, but just being able to do that and speak publicly and social media and all the platforms about what a great place this is is going to do nothing but help the Jazz. Agree with Coach Cleve uh, across the board there. And I, you know, talking to a few people, Gordon, I expect Dwayne Wade to be very active on all levels um, uh, with the, the Jazz organization. And I don't think it's, well, pretty comfortable saying this. This is not just a marketing ploy to have Dwayne Wade go sell the franchise. I mean, it, it, there's going to be some of that there. But I, I think it's, I think it's uh, a lot more than that as well. Man, if it was just the one side of it, then then I don't know whether Ryan Smith would do that. But the fact that I mean, Dwayne Wade is going to contribute, he's smart, he's um, well respected, uh, but he's also going to uh, you know benefit from the relationship with Ryan Smith, learning about business, learning acumen about or gaining acumen about that sort of thing. So it's a win-win both ways. But it's not ceremonial. I, I don't see it that way. I'd be surprised. So, yeah, I'd be surprised. If it but I don't know how involved he's going to be. I mean, uh, he he acted like he was very interested in being involved, but I don't know where those boundaries are, if there are any at all. I think he's. I think he's going to be involved. Yeah. I think he's going to be very. That's the impression that I've got. Well, I mean, I, that well, I don't. Again, I don't think he would have done this if it were just ceremonial. Yeah. Well said. I agree. So uh, there you go. That's uh, And also, one other thing that Steve mentioned there about comfort and relationships. Relationships are so important, Jake, in every aspect of the workplace. Uh, I don't care what your business is. If, if you have somebody that you trust who tells you, hey, you can trust this guy over here, I mean, that, that <laughs> I don't think that could be. Uh, stated quite loudly enough. Uh, that that's huge, and that's the way business. A lot of business gets done. Yep. All right, Gordo. Let's uh, let's move on to Hanson Scotty. They had a conversation today. I asked Mannix about this. Zion Williamson. Uh, they played the Knicks over the weekend. Zion had some nice things to say about Madison Square Garden that he likes playing there. And uh, of course, the the media was off and running with the narrative. Oh, well, Zion's basically a Nick already. And uh, these guys, uh, Hanson Scotty, talked about it. New Orleans loses to the Knicks, and so you expect to be down a little bit. And, well, you know, we've got to play harder, and this is unacceptable, and we'll do better, blah, blah, blah. Well, somebody asked Zion Williamson about playing in Madison Square Garden, and Zion lights up like a Christmas tree. I'm glad you asked that, actually. Uh, New York is the mecca of basketball. I love playing. I love playing here. Uh, when I played here in college, and this is my first time playing here in the pros, and I mean, this this atmosphere, you know, whether they're cheering for you, whether they're booing for you, uh, it's amazing. Uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, I think this might be my favorite place to play outside of New Orleans. I can't even lie to you. I can't lie to you. Jeez. <laughs> Pretty giddy. Yeah. Uh, okay, anybody in any line of work, put yourself in those shoes. Like, for instance, you're working at Walmart. Okay, you're a Walmart worker. Yeah. And somebody comes to do an interview about your experience going to Target. And you're just like, oh, man, you kidding me? I love Target. You know, I go into Target and I can find everything. The aisles are perfectly ordered. 
and the colors are awesome. I really like that red color. I absolutely love the red color. I love the target that they wear, you know, right there on their uniforms. It's just, and you know, the prices here are always better, and management's better, and they serve you with a smile. I love coming to Target. It's the mecca of stores. It's the mecca. <laughs> it's the mecca of do-it-all stores, man. It's a one-stop shop, and I love it here. You, like, you know, sir, like, sir, hey. you're you're at a Walmart. <laughs> I know, but I can't wait to get back to Target. Uh, I mean, outside of Walmart, that's where I'd like to be. Like, come on, man, you're in your second year. At least hide it for a little bit. Me. Just, just hide it for a bit more. Bite your tongue. There's plenty of time for this to become a story. There's people plenty in, of time. There's people in New Orleans that that, that they feel like you are the. Uh, and by the way, by the way, he kind of sneaked in there. Like he, he, all of a sudden, like some light went on in his head. He's like, "I mean, outside of New Orleans, but New York's really awesome." <laughs> like, it's yeah. amazing. Uh, honestly, I think outside of New Orleans, obviously, <laughs> I think this might be my favorite place to no, play. No, not of obviously. New not I obviously. I can't lie to you. It's only obviously because you, you're wearing their jersey right now. But that's about it. I live because in- the PR guy was sitting there and he's like, "Dude, dude." What are you doing? I lived and played in New Orleans for a bit, and I'm going to tell you right now, there's people in New Orleans that the only thing that they have to wake up for is Zion. That's it. That's the only thing they've got to wake up for. And they're waking up here in Zion and be like, oh, man, are you kidding me? I would die. I'd give everything to play in New York. And they're like, I'm glad you asked that. (laughs) The fact is, hey, I'm really excited you asked me that. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, it's so funny. Such a great question. It's the best question I've had forever. Imagine, imagine if you were a jazz fan and, and the jazz, and this is his second year in the league, Donovan Mitchell, and the jazz are playing in New York and they just lost to the Knicks, but you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to be a really good player. And let's be honest, Zion's far more ahead of where uh, where Donovan was in his second year. Like you can tell, this guy's going to be special. He is a force. And but all of a sudden, you see Donovan answer a question like, "Hey, Donovan, what, look, you're back here in New York. I know this is where you grew up. Uh, was it fun playing in Madison Square Garden?" He's like, "Oh man, am I so glad you asked me that question? I'm this, glad you asked that. Actually, uh, this is the mecca of college or of NBA basketball right here. Oh man, it just felt right. I mean, outside of playing in Salt Lake City and Vivint Arena, but man, holy smokes, it was so great. It would, the worst would have been if he had been like, other than playing in the state of Salt Lake or uh, <laughs> whatever. Like his, that's, I don't. Know, maybe, that's essentially what. That's essentially what Zion just did. And maybe, and maybe his agent doesn't care because they're already trying to work it behind the scenes to get him to New York. But it's like, hey man, like you still have New Orleans jerseys you need to sell. Like, can you just? I feel sick for the people in New Orleans. Oh, I can't imagine what it's like for them this morning. Well, Jazz fans, if if this was reversed, if it was Donovan, Jazz fans would just be. Oh, yeah. Because angry as Jazz fans, they might boo him in the next game. It would take the joy out of the rest of the season. It'd take the joy out of of anything for, in regards to it. We'd be like, well, then just go. If you want to go be in New York, go. Enjoy that garbage town, man. This team just lost AD. Just oh yeah, lost AD. and they're going. They're going to have round two coming up here in about what do you say about two years from now. There's Hanson Scotty talking about the Zion situation. I got a side with Mannix when we asked him about this earlier today. I I think people make too big a deal of, out of this stuff. 
Well, you know how fans are. Well, hasn't Donovan said everybody panic? Hasn't Donovan said nice things about Madison Square Garden in the past? I mean, it is kind of one of those places where if you're a basketball fan, I mean, didn't call it the basketball it? mecca. He's not the only one to call it. Didn't that. he Speaking call design, it home once? Uh, Donovan's called New York home once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I, I hear what those guys are saying. I, I, <laughs> I think that if uh, if Donovan said something like that, it would catch fans' uh, attention. However, I mean, he just signed an extension, so so far so good. Yeah, see, that's that's the thing, right, is is that Zion Williamson is in New Orleans for a minimum of seven years. Yes. <laughs> and he's in year two. So I think spare yourself the heartburn and yeah. just get over it because it, it's not going to matter for quite some time. But people... Uh, uh, people will draw whatever they want out of things that are said. He was rather enthusiastic, Jake. You will admit that. Yeah, I mean, but he did mix in nice things about the Pelicans, too. I mean, he was diplomatic about it. He sounded like Tom Cruise on Oprah's couch. Oh, come on. Just jumping up and down and, yeah, (laughs) New York! So Uh, if The next question, what what do you guys (laughs) need to do to play better? Oh, we got to be better. This was not a good game. Don't you think it happens in places like Fenway Park all the time or like Wrigley Field where the opponent's like, yeah, this is Fenway, this is the Mecca, or this is the, you know, the the ballpark that has been been around since Babe Ruth times, you know? I'm glad you asked that question, Jake. You're reading into this too, Gordon? No, I'm just saying that people, you know. I think they should have traded him before he played a game because what's the point? He's going to leave eventually anyway. Traded Zion? Yeah. You could probably get top dollar back for him. <laughs> we all, like, if we if we all had to bet, though, we're betting he's not going to stay there past those seven years, right? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. You wouldn't? If they build the proper team around him, I don't think he would. Right. So he's leaving. Well, yeah. Because never... the Benson family hasn't really shown the ability to do such things. Well, Unless I'm... it's with the Saints. I've never thought that David Griffin was all that good either. But, I mean, if they build a team around him, I think there's a good— Look at Giannis. I mean, Milwaukee isn't exactly glam town, but they've built a team around him and, of course, pony up more dough than anybody else can, which, of course, matters. He gone. Anthony Davis, they didn't really have a good team. They had a long time. This is where I don't feel bad for the Pelicans. They had a long time to build a team around Anthony Davis, and they did not. They failed mightily. Yeah, I guess I'll go. Uh, is it Derek Harper? I'll go. You build a team in New Orleans. I love New Orleans. That's a great city. I think you can build a, a winner in New Orleans. You just have to be like any other small market. You have to be smart about it and go about it in the right way. And starting with somebody like Anthony Davis should be a, a good way to do it. Or Zion Williamson, and they get again seven years to build a team around them. That seems like enough to me. But they could. They could do everything perfectly. And he could still leave. And he still may want to and he could still leave for the mecca of basketball. Right. But if you but I guess the, the whole point, and this is why they worked it into the CBA, is that if they if you build a good team around a superstar and that team can pay the superstar more than anywhere else, why would they want to go somewhere else? But then but then again, you know, it, it happens that they do go other places. I mean, the Jazz were coming off the second round playoff appearance when Gordon Hayward left, right? So yeah. I mean it's never the complete answer, but that's the uh, philosophy. 
You can build a, a good team around the player where they're in a winning situation, and you can pay him more money than anybody else. That should be a good enough incentive to to at least give that team the advantage at retaining the superstar. Yeah, you would think so. Well, I mean, but if if you draft that superstar and then uh, you know repeatedly make the wrong deal and continue to suck, and really not give that superstar any sort of faith that it's going to get better anytime soon, then as much as I don't like it, I I certainly understand it where they want to go play somewhere else. Yeah. But with Milwaukee, they surrounded him with a really nice team. So you say, hey, you're a contender, and we can give you all this dough. Let's make it happen. I can see why that would be attractive to a player like Giannis. Yeah. I like what you're saying here, uh, Jake, about a team uh, doing what it can to keep keep a star player. I mean, that, that is – that, that that is really important, and in order to do so, yeah, you have to be a little lucky, but you have to be smart too. Right. And uh, of course, an owner has to be willing to pay, but it's that's really important. These guys, I get it; they want the money, but they want to win too. I mean, they they at least uh, a player who is ambitious and and uh, conscientious. So. Would you want to stick around if uh, if the thing was just going down the drain? I don't know. It depends on, on how happy I was, I guess, or yeah. if I really did want to maximize my earning potential through an NBA contract. I think that's exactly what Bradley Beal is doing with the Wizards, why he's still on that team, because I think he wants to sign a, a super max contract. So maybe that's the priority and winning's not, you know. But I, uh-huh. I do know that, you know, if – if Kevin Durant's winning championships in Oklahoma City and is happy with the team built around him, he's probably not going to Golden State because he had to leave a bunch of money on the table. Hmm. All right. I I don't know. Do you disagree? No. No. All right. Uh, We'll have more Big Show coming up next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update, presented by Syringa Networks. Working from home or with a hybrid workforce? Get a powerful IT partner with Syringa Networks. Call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell, bell. All right, it's your bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Jazz lost in overtime on Saturday to the Lakers without Rudy, no Donovan, no Derek Favors, no Mike Conley. They'll get a shot against the same team going up tonight, uh, coming, <laughs> happening tonight. Coach Snyder spoke over the weekend about getting bench and role players more minutes than usual. Well, I think we've seen this in a few games, you know, that you never know when the game is going to present itself an opportunity for you to make an impact. You know, the end of the half, Jarrell goes up and makes a big block. There's always, you know, I put me in for a short stretch to defend. Foul trouble can dictate a lot of those things. Everybody's got to be ready to contribute and everybody can do that in different ways. Sometimes it's difficult, you know, when you're seeing how combinations interact, particularly, you know, in tonight's case, when we didn't have as many ball handlers, guys really had to share that responsibility which you know, isn't always easy. All right, here's your updated injury status for tonight. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Mike Conley are both probable. Derek Favors is questionable. Irsan Ilyasova is doubtful after he had a really big game on Saturday. We'll keep you updated on all that as more info becomes available. But your bottom of the hour jazz update brought to you by Syringa Networks. Tip-off tonight will be a little after 8 o'clock. Pre-game will begin at 7.
can't stop me now. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires. The team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Network. It's a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon, uh, just a quick question for you. What do you think about uh, coaches being critical about their players in the postgame? It depends. It depends on how it's handled. You mean just flat out blasting a player? Well, okay. Let me let me run this one by you because I'm up in the air on it, and this is okay. this is from uh, from the NBA, and just one of those kind of smaller stories I wanted to get your thoughts on today. Uh, but uh, in that um, that Pelicans Knicks game, we were talking about uh, Zion before. There was a situation with 7.8 seconds uh, remaining in the game. Uh, the Knicks had the ball out of bounds and trailed New Orleans 103 to 100. Okay, so in this situation, Gordon, if you're if you're designing a defense, all you need to do is prevent the Knicks from hitting a three. That's right. it. You can give up a layup. You can you can, you know, I guess uh, foul if you've got one to give or foul on the floor. You can do anything but give up uh, an open three point shot. Um, Derek Rose got into the lane. Lonzo Ball helped, leaving his guy, Reggie Bullock, who's a 39.7% three-point shooter, open from the corner, and Bullock made it. And then we know that the, the Knicks uh, went on to win. Now, here's, uh, here's what Stan Van, Gun- here's Stan Van Gundy's short but sweet quote in the postgame. You ready? Mm-hmm. Quote, today, with 7.8 seconds left, high school guys would have known what they're supposed to do, unquote. That's that's a little over the top for me, but that's just me. I, 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 I don't have a problem with him pointing out what happened, what went wrong. I don't even have a, have a problem with him naming somebody by name, but I, I don't think you really need to ridicule the situation. I would be very matter of fact about that kind of comment. I can't decide because what if, what if he would have phrased it differently, like uh, like said we, we've got to know what to do with the basketball at certain points in time, you know, like mm-hmm. if he softened the language, we wouldn't even be talking about it. But since he didn't do that, we're like going, oh, shots fired. You know yeah, what I mean? Just, because yeah. it was a complete bonehead play that 100 percent lost them the game. Right. So, I mean, is, is it? Is it okay to to you know point that out in the post game? You just have to be nice. That's what that's where I'm I'm kind of and you know because Lonzo he's an adult, right? And and he's a professional and and should know the time and situation. You know we all took turns blasting J.R. Smith for his uh, boneheaded play, not knowing how much time was left on the clock in the finals. Remember that? Mm-hmm. We had no yeah. problem firing away at that guy. But, you know, a coach comes out and says, hey, man, a high school player would have known what to do there. Everybody kind of goes, oh, oh, look at him. Go at Lonzo. That is inappropriate to go at a player like that. I, I just kind of thought, like, well, is it? 
Because if Stan would have said, hey, our team's got to be smarter, we got to know the, the situation of the game in order to pull out these close ones, but nobody would be saying a thing. Well, you're right. It's, it's, the, it's the amount of heat and the way he was firing off that heat that, uh, that exacerbates the situation. He can do whatever he wants. I don't care. But as far as making it useful... Uh, I guess you could make the argument that if you ridicule somebody that way, they'll remember it and make sure not to make the mistake again. But that's just not not the style that I necessarily like. But you know, Well, there's also a rumor out there that Lonzo doesn't want to play in New Orleans anymore. Well, there, yeah. And so maybe okay. this is, well, I don't have to treat this guy with kid gloves because he's not going to be on the team very much longer. Maybe he wants to play in the mecca of basketball. Maybe, uh, maybe he does. But I'll, I'll you tell you, that question. Gordon, I don't know. I don't know if you've seen the play. I've I've got the video in front of me, and it's it's terrible. I mean, it, it is. <laughs> it's embarrassing. It is really bad. Well, and, and hey, I make mistakes daily, so I I don't mm-hmm. think that, you know, I I'm sure Lonzo just wasn't thinking, right? You know, when yeah. you were a, a a little league player, Gordon, or at least I did this, that you always every single play reminded yourself how many outs. Where are the base runners? Right. What's the count? Yeah. You know, every single play. Where am I going if the ball comes to me? All right, if, if I'm in the outfield, you know, if it's a fly, I'm going here. If it's a base hit, I'm going here. You know, every single play reminding me that's that's just how it was, you know, coached, right? And I'm sure that this is just a situation where Lonzo, you know, threw to second when the play was at third and just had yeah. one of those situations. But I just I just wonder, you know, because I'm sure he would, uh, Stan was asked about it and just, gave a little bit more pointed answer and thus is more controversial than just we've got to be smarter. And you wonder why coaches don't say what's really on top of their mind, right? Well, it it drives I, it would drive me a little crazy as a coach to have we're not talking about little league here like we're talking about professional players who should know the situation and recognize it uh, enough not to make that kind of mistake. Um but but sometimes people do. I mean, Jake, if you made a mistake on the show, I, I, I would say to you, I would say something, you know. Uh, but to say, you know, you're a high school thinker or something like that. Although maybe I have said that sort of thing to you before. Yeah, like several times today, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but I, I think you have to be careful with your players to try and teach them and have them remember it, but not to have them humiliated, you know. Just my, just my opinion. I don't know if that's humiliating to compare him to a high school player. Uh, as a professional basketball player, I, I think that's pretty bad. Maybe so not. being called like that was a boneheaded play, would that have been better? No, I don't think that would have been, would have been any better. I mean, that's something that you and I might say. Or you can really, uh, really soften it. You can really soften it by saying we had a mental lapse. I mean, that's why why I'm torn on this thing, because isn't it stupid when we just couch it softer? Everybody's like, oh, that's okay. But the minute you compare him to a high high schooler would have known better. Then all of a sudden it's like, he's out of line. I, I don't have any problem from a standpoint of what the jobs that we do. I mean, yeah, that adds... That adds a little flavor to everything that's going on. But from a standpoint of it being useful for a coach and his uh, professional player, 
that that that's where he has to think things through because you want to get the most out of that player and I'm not sure that embarrassing him and what you say to him in private might be a little different than what you say publicly it's funny but, on this place oh sorry go ahead no I just there's a difference between those two things I mean I'm I'm glad when coaches let stuff out that they're really thinking so I'm not going to sit here and complain about it, but is it something I would do as a coach? I don't think so. It's funny watching this play, though, because you can see Lonzo bite, and you go, no, Lonzo, no! <laughs> what are you doing? It is. Really, it, 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 it was idiotic. Yeah, it was a bonehead play. I just wonder, yeah. why can't a coach say that? Yeah, he didn't call him a name. He didn't even say it was a bonehead play. No, he didn't. Just he, referred to him as a high schooler. Hey, a mentality. high school player would have known better. Yeah. Okay, so do you think that was a, a useful way for him to say it? I think I'm fine with it. I think part of it is he doesn't. No, I'm talking about if you were if you were the player. Well, I think Lonzo himself knows that uh, he's correct. Guess I guess to that point, Gordon, it does depend on the player, right? And, and how they handle like it let's, let's substitute Donovan Mitchell in there and, and Quinn Snyder says a high school player would have known better how does Donovan take that versus how does Lonzo take that it yeah. probably depends on the player right well I also think it would be different if he were he were criticizing a play like okay I've got option a and option B in front of me and it's a tough choice at which better option a option B and and a split second okay I've got to make it and Option B, option A didn't turn out to be better than option B. But in this case, this is a clear, unarguable mistake. Nothing yeah. was done right. And, yeah. yeah, right. This I, was assuming, I lost the game for my team mistake. And I'm assuming it was all covered in detail beforehand, right? Well, I think that I mean, Stan's point is that it doesn't need to be. <laughs> I think that I think that's the issue there. Like if you know the score and you know how much time's left, then this should be this should Let's be see. common knowledge. I think that's pretty yeah. much exactly what Stan was saying. Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal one way or the other, but uh but just in general, like humiliating your players if that's what you want to designate it as may not always be the best way. Is that humiliating? I, I, I remember I was at a press conference once, a college press conference, and um, the coach was at the lectern uh, talking about something. I can't remember what the occasion was. But he was a rather straightforward coach who would sometimes make fun of his players. And one of the players was in a chair up on the uh, platform, and he, he shuffled his chair back. And one of the legs went off the edge, and he tumbled down a, f a couple of feet onto his back. And the coach said in front of everybody, all the media, everybody said, see what I'm dealing with on this team? Is that That's funny. Really That's hilarious. <laughs> That's something we'd say about <laughs> each other. kidding. That's funny. <laughs> I, I doubt that coach meant that. It just made, That seems like an obvious joke to make. Oh, I think he meant it. Even if he meant it, it's, it's still funny. So as long as it's funny, it's okay. Well, didn't right? call him a name. No. Didn't didn't insult his great grandparents and his ancestry. He just said, "Yeah, you see what I'm dealing with here." Kind of like that uh, Boston uh, College could... guy who said going out to eat was his favorite part of the season. <laughs> you, you know, well, look, well, you don't need to crying. come right out and say things in order to say things. I mean, 
he essentially is saying, see what I'm doing? I got a bunch of idiotic, stupid players on my team. Well, that's your words, not his. I know, but that's what he isn't that what he's saying? No, all he said was see what I'm dealing with. You're clumsy? What 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 he's that's what he's saying. Well, did he fall or not? <laughs> okay. Whatever. Anyway, different coaches do yeah, I mean you guys I'll do never this forget to each I'll other never forget on when I talked Yeah. When I talked to John Wooden that time, uh, one of the time Ugh. many times I interviewed him. Uh, he he said, uh, "You got you got." We've heard this place. story a hundred times. Let's move on. Radio is not linear. He said, uh, "He said you can't treat all your players the same. You got to know them and then know right the right button to push." I love your stories, Gordon. Please tell another. But are we all so soft as a society right now? When you blow the game, can your your coach not mention that you blew it? Are you that fragile? I mean, Lonzo knows he lost the game for his team. I'm sure he apologized to every teammate like he should have. Are we so Are we so just, well, let's not hurt anybody's feelings by pointing out the obvious. Uh, maybe you're right in, a little, in, in that regard. Uh, that could be true, too. Maybe, maybe I'm getting soft in my old age. I mean, in, in my Little League example, if I would have, the play would have been at second. And I threw it to third, and somehow the, the runner ended up scoring. <laughs> and my coach lit me up on my way back to the dugout. You just lost a game for the team. I mean, well, yeah, I did. I mean, did what, I can't that? take it? You sound, this sounds like it was awfully familiar. To I don't know you. if I'm speaking anything specifically, but I've played enough uh, you know, team sports my life to think that I've probably lost a game for my team somewhere along the way. But if I he had imagine... yelled, you paramecium-brained moron, then that changes I... the story. Which Stan did uh, not do. He right. said a high schooler knows that, would know how that, what to I do know, in that I know, but that's an insult for a professional basketball player. You know? Or is it a fact? <laughs> Could be both. That's but, the point. Are we so soft now where a coach can't go, oh, we tried real hard and we just didn't make the right choice? No, a coach can do whatever he wants, but I'm just telling you, I don't know I don't know whether it benefits his cause. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've known players who played for, for really good coaches who told me they hated the coach, and the coach hated them, and they knew it. But... Whatever. Well, I hope Lonzo's not that soft. Do you think Stan has something against Lonzo other than other than just that play? Other than it is, he lost the game. Thoughts for the and team. prayers for Lonzo. It, yeah. it is really frustrating when I mean I, I get it from a coach's perspective because you teach and you teach and you teach, and then in the moment, in the critical moment, competitively speaking, the, the exact opposite is done. I mean, I, I get I get that. That would be. That would be tough. All right, we'll have more big show. Straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports radio afternoon show. I grind every day just so I can live a better life. This is The Big Show, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing. And the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, you know, 
I don't know why I lob out certain stories to you guys. Oh, you know, from from my past, where my own friends have have uh, just grilled me for it. So I don't know why I toss that stuff out in front of you guys because I know what you're going to do. What what what's what is this specifically? What what story? Oh, Austin and I were just going back and forth about. <laughs> His recent visit to Taco Bell, and he was saying how much he liked it, and oh, he started killing me for. Well, you asked you asked through. what the recommend recommendation would be from the the whiny teenager. Well, with I, the I didn't say I didn't look at the menu up on the, up on the thing and say, hmm, what would you recommend? Is the Chihuahua back there anywhere? Can I ask him? <laughs> I said, I said they had a new, a very specific item. And I said, is that any good? Would you recommend it or something along those lines? But my friend who was in the car just killed me for that. Good. Good. And, yeah, and now you deserved it. Austin is, is thinking I'm talking. I'm What's talking the Michelin the, rating I'm at this here Taco Bell? I'm talking to the 16-year-old on the other end of the intercom there. You know, uh, what, what would you... What, what, would, what would you recommend? <laughs> As what though he's like think? the Vader D. Uh, Can I have restaurant. tonight's specials? <laughs> I, By the I'm, way, I, I'm told the the tacos are good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like those tacos, <laughs> those, those big crunchy tacos. What'd you get, Austin? Oh, just the bean burritos. That's all. Oh, I hadn't okay. been there since they almost killed me back in college. So. Uh, but I, I am I'm proud to say good, I, I got bet. over my fear 16 years later and had some talk about. What, what would you say uh, is a chalupa? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know. There's a lesson there. Is Austin. the beef braised? I, I, you know what I think? I think you ought to go go to the ocean, get in a raft and paddle about five miles out, and and just so you can defeat your fear. Well, that's that's nothing like a cruise ship, first of all. Yeah, you're you're really misunderstanding why Austin doesn't want to go on a cruise. He's not scared of the water. Yes, he is. That's he a part of it. That. That's not the overriding part of it, though. The what overriding, is the overriding part of it is I hate people. I hate them all. And don't I don't want, like oh. anybody. I don't want to oh, be near anybody. And you don't want to oh, get what? stranded at sea. Yes. No. And, well, you you can wait a minute. You can go. You can go on a cruise that has limited people on it. You've, you've heard warm. about this pandemic, right, Gordo? And how, no, how the, the right. cruise ships were it. a big problem? But you were thinking about this before the pandemic ever And I was right. <laughs> okay. And did you see yeah. Austin get stranded on a quarantined cruise ship? I didn't. That was sloshing side to side with raw sewage? Nope. From deck to stern? And back or whatever, bow don't, to stern? Don't. He's going he's yeah, to break out okay, the bold look, language. Look. Don't. You have a, a really weird circumstance here this year. Unusual. No, this know? was several years ago. This, I know, but I'm talking about the pandemic. <laughs> and then, but and, and so what do you do? You point out the one uh, Italian captain who was showing off for his girlfriend on the shore, and he ran his ship aground. Yeah. So and, there's one, and many people died. Yeah. There, there was also the Norwegian cruise line that I aforementioned, where they got stranded at sea five or six years ago, and they had the back, the bathrooms all exploded and backed up, and it was literally <laughs> sloshing through the the floors where they were having to sleep, eat, and and try to survive. They had to have helicopters come rescue everybody, six people at a time for three weeks on end. Okay, but shall I continue? You're, you're, no, the you're Titanic, just anyone? No. <laughs> 
the unsinkable boat. Hey, look, if you go on a cruise in the Caribbean, I don't think you have to worry about icebergs, all right? No, you, you, you're correct, but you still have to worry about the poop sloshing back and forth all across the board. How okay. often does that happen? As pleasant as this conversation is, I think this might be a good place to... You know where you can't get stranded at sea? On dry land. True. <laughs> yeah, but you can't have the wind. You know, you can't be king of the world. You know, you oh, can't... I'll give it a shot. And you know where you're not going to hear about this coming up next. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> what would you oh, recommend? More Big Show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wrapping up the big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jazz game night coming up next. Coach Lacombe jumps in with me. We'll get you ready for tonight's showdown between the Jazz and the Lakers. Uh, I'm assuming you think your Lakers win tonight, Gordo? Not my Lakers. Uh, I the, I would say if the Jazz have have at least a couple more of their players on the court, that uh, that that would make up the difference between an overtime loss and uh, and victory. Well, we'll see. Uh, I think the Jazz have a good chance tonight. I think. Yeah, uh, I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I yeah. think one of those uh, the game on Saturday where they pushed it to overtime. Probably was, I, I would guess, motivation in their minds that they were right there, and if they get a couple of their guys, you know, should put them over the top. So essentially, they rested Conley and Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah, I. Well, I hope Rudy's not dealing with something nagging. He has missed. I think was that his first game missed this year? I want to say it was. So yeah, I, I thought they. I thought they said someone said that they they were resting him. So if they well, they listed his. Did they? I'd have to go back and look. I thought they listed his knee. Oh, did they? I shouldn't okay. be reckless on this. I thought they listed something, but that could be just. Right. You know, I'm listing something because I got to list something. Well, yeah, and I, I don't want to be irresponsible with it, but uh, if if they if they if those guys could have played and they didn't. Then, in some ways, the Jazz deserve to lose that game, you know, because they were holding back guys. And I'm not even saying it's a bad idea. I'm just saying that, that uh, you know, I mean, when you hold back guys who can play, who are could play, but you're you're saying now, uh, sit on the bench. You're you just stay right there. Then I'm not sure you deserve to win that game, but. I'm not sure that was a huge concern for the Jazz, but I do think it's important for the Jazz to get this one. Yeah, I don't think they thought they were going to win that game on Saturday. I really don't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tonight might be a different story. We'll see what kind of Quinn Snyder we get in the pregame media availability, which is coming up just a few minutes from right now. Um, Gordon, you enjoy your Monday evening, sir, and I will, I will. Uh, Thank chat you. about you tomorrow. How about that? Yep, look forward to it, Jake. Have a good one. You too. It's a big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.